Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Ephrata Community Church Weekly Podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Well, hey, Ephrata Community Church, welcome. And we are glad to have you here on this week's podcast. I'm joined this week by Chris Weber. Chris, yeah. glad, to, glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Dan. And we are here just to unpack some of the things that we talked about this weekend, as well as look ahead to next week. So, Chris, pretty good day yesterday and Saturday. Yeah, super excited. This, of course, was my first opportunity to preach with you. Yeah. We had fun not only uh, sharing the service together during the weekend, but also in preparation for this message. Yeah. Uh, now I've got a little bit more of a window into uh, when Jim Ehrman says, uh, that Dan Golnack was the best student he ever had. Now I know why. Well, that's flattering. It was fun. I enjoyed it with you. I told many people yesterday, actually, people had said uh, after the service, both Saturday and Sunday, actually, um, you guys looked like you had fun. I said, we had fun the whole process. We did. And so, and God was good. Yeah. And, and it was a great uh, weekend of worship. And uh, we, I think what the Lord laid on our hearts to share um, was really hit home with some people. It continues to bless me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for this podcast uh, because there were a number of things that you and I had talked about uh, that we just couldn't fit into the weekend service. Yeah, yeah, you know that's the problem. Every time that you do this, is uh, you know you you all may not know that each time we do a sermon, we basically have to throw out about two thirds of what we think we're going to share because of time and things. And so we have an opportunity just to share some more things. But I just want to recap, if yeah. we could, for uh, for a second. We started this series, The uh, the Signs, Seven Stories of Belief, walking through uh, the seven miracles or signs, as John calls them, yeah. and um, through the Gospel of John. Started a reading plan yeah. through the Gospel of John over the next two months. And we really rooted the sermon in John 20. Uh, I want to read those verses if I could. Yeah. Uh, John 20, 30 to 31 says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so, uh, oh, dropped the paper. And so we just said, you know, the seven signs are just a picture of yeah. this, but three things that Jesus is the Christ, He's the Messiah, He's the Son of God, and we could have life in His name. Yeah. Um, any thoughts about that verse or any thoughts about how we're using that to kind of anchor the series? Yeah, um, it's really something we could almost come back to at every single sign that John is painting a picture. And like I mentioned this weekend, he's inviting us into that action step of belief. Uh, so the gospel, as you know, would have been written uh, a couple decades, 30, 40, 50, maybe even 60 years after the death of uh, the death of Jesus. And John is writing to uh, like a, largely a skeptical Jewish audience and maybe some skeptical Gentiles as well. And it's basically an invitation to explore, ask questions, seek out who is this Jesus and what does that mean uh, for, for, for our life. And then, of course, ends his gospel by the statement you just read saying, the whole point of me writing with this is these three things, that yeah. you would know he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you would have life in his name. And it's that abundant life uh, that I felt like there was so much more we could have talked about but did not get to. Yeah, and we're going to get to that today. We're going to get to that a little bit. But first of all, we talked about this sign, uh, water into wine, and the the whole problem that Jesus faced was was shortage, right? There was a shortage of wine. They ran out of wine. 
uh, which would have brought shame to this family, would have been a major situation for uh, a wedding reception that went on many days uh, to run out of wine, and how Jesus kind of highlighted our own shortages. Um, You shared a few great stories about uh, your experience, both as a student and also leading student ministry about shortages. Uh, I have to be honest. If you were here, uh, I, if you were here this weekend, I did not see the story about uh, Emily coming. Uh, uh, <laughs> specifically, uh, if you didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch the sermon. But uh, specifically, you being her, yeah. her, uh, her bus partner, and and leaving her out to dry—that yeah. was great. It, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. That was all part of your plan to re- reel her in, right? I, I'll, I'll be honest. I worked very hard <laughs> to ensure that I was the person who happened to get stuck in the same seat as as, as Emily, who I had an interest in as a young man, yeah. uh, and who really at that time did not have an interest in me. So I worked very hard. So the fact that I then ultimately lost her in the whole bus buddy system uh, was, was kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah, man. You worked twice as hard then after that, I'm sure. I had to. But... Um, yeah, anyway, so they are facing shortages. We face shortages, yeah. places in our lives yeah. that we uh, we come up short, whether those be in our spiritual lives or they could be just practical needs in our lives. Yeah. But, um, you know, Jesus turning water into wine, we said, you know, one of the big ideas we wanted people to grab from this weekend was that our shortage meets abundance yeah. in Jesus. Um, and... Uh, what do, what do we mean by that? You know, what exactly, as you have some time after walking away, what exactly would you want people to say? You know, what do we mean by shortage meets abundance in Jesus? Yeah, and I appreciate that particular phrase that you had kind of pulled out that we ultimately used where shortage meets abundance in that as a follower of Christ, we oftentimes think of our shortage in, uh, in terms of sin, of falling short of God's perfect plan, the, the word sin meaning to miss the mark, to miss the target. Yep. Uh, and it's true that uh, we do have a shortage, we have a deficit in our lives with, with, with sin that we can only find a solution for in Christ and, and by exercising faith in Christ and responding to the gospel. Uh, but the gospel, the good news, doesn't just stop with the sh- addressing the shortage of sin. There are other shortages that we deal with in life, and the gospel has something to say about those as well. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that just uh, and the question that I asked at, right before the end of, uh, of the section that I spoke, right? Like, where do we go? Where do you go yeah. uh, when there's a shortage? So it's not just uh, my, my flesh, the, those parts of me that haven't been completely sanctified yet, yeah. right? But, but they're, uh, the, the day-to-day, moment-by-moment things, there's the, uh, the emotional th- things that we deal with, there's the things that come along with life, there's the disappointments, and yeah. uh, all of those places where uh, we recognize, you know, like the world isn't as it should be, our bodies aren't as they should yeah. be, our hearts aren't as they should be, and when we face these shortages, man, there's so many different ways that uh, I can find unhealthy ways. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. destructive ways to do that. And this is my first thought, the thought of Mary, which is like I know exactly where to go, yeah. uh, not after false substitutes, not after false coping mechanisms, whatever they may be. I know exactly where to go each and every time to find what I need and where I'm lacking. Yeah, uh, I think of you know even like Psalm 23, David, right? You know. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which could be translated, I lack nothing. And I have, and I have asked myself, I mean, even as I was walking through this, you know, we we got to preach these things to ourselves before we step out uh, to preach them to others. You know, it's like, uh, 
do I truly believe sometimes, coming back to that belief thing, uh, through my behavior, that in all of the shortages I face, that there is literally no lack. Yeah. <laughs> if I go to the Lord, it uh, just encourages me uh, in those moments to do that, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah, there's, uh, and I really appreciate some things you, that you brought out uh, during this message as you were kind of leading up to the part uh, where, I, where I came back uh, and shared that uh, my perspective is that Jesus launched his ministry by turning water into wine. And at large, the church has been trying to turn it back into water ever since. Um, most, uh, there may be many people who know my story, but I grew up in church and I, I knew the right thing to do, but oftentimes I did the wrong thing mm-hmm. uh, and chose to do the wrong thing. And I think I was, I was, I so saw abundant life as simply a life where I, where my sin was under control, so to mm-hmm. speak, or my sin was dealt with, that I missed the reality that there was so much more to life. And like you said, in reflecting for a message and preparing for a message, you tend to think back through things. And I remember uh, one of the things I was thinking back through was just a revelation the Lord had given me maybe seven or eight years ago uh, in that personally, my problem was not uh, sin in my life, the misbehaving actions of my life. The Lord showed me that, the, like, and sin is a problem that has been dealt with in the gospel and in, in, in the work of Jesus. But the real problem I was dealing with was that the very source of life, the thing that is supposed to bring me and my spirit to life, uh, which is God's spirit and abiding and being with God's spirit on a daily basis, was lacking in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of a teaching um, I, that had been uh, that had been shared with me a while ago around uh, just the reality that in Genesis, when God created mankind, he formed us out of the dust, but then he breathed his spirit into us. Yeah. And when mankind sinned and rebelled, we lost access to the very breath of God. Breath is another word for spirit in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And when we rebelled and sinned, we lost access to the spirit of God, the very life of God in us. So this particular preacher I had been listening to made the statement, um, the problem is less misbehaving people and more dead people that need to be brought back to life. And that statement has always just stuck at me or stuck with me around the invitation to the abundant life as I invite the Holy Spirit into my daily daily choices, my daily scripture readings, my daily interactions with my wife and with my kids, uh, my daily interactions in my job, my plans for the future, just inviting the Holy Spirit in every dynamic. And I wish I had had some more time this weekend to talk about how we do that on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah, you know, um, you, what you're talking about reminds me of, of Dallas Willard, uh, who's one of my favorite theologians. He talks about the fact that sometimes we've adopted, rather than the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of sin management. Yeah. You know, this whole idea of, and this is certainly where I was. I grew up in the church as well, and um, this idea that Jesus saved me from my sins, and as I surrender my life to Him as Lord and Savior, I'm forgiven, and then the Christian life after that is just me trying not to sin and be a good person until I go to heaven. And, um, you know, I I would say to that, 
I mean, yes, the forgiveness of sin thing is good news, but it's not really that good news. Like I'm There's saying, more. but but yeah, right. And and so like just as what 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 Willard was trying to say is that we can take the gospel and we could just we can water it down to just a small part of what it is, yeah. right? And um and. And I think as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we could take what Jesus says, and you know, in like John 10, 10, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. And this abundant life, we can whittle that down to something so small too. Yeah. Whether that's just forgiveness, whether that is um, the overemphasis on, on uh, prosperity gospel, right? You know, all of those things aren't really the full picture of what the abundant life is. And I know that you were carrying something into the weekend, really wanting, if, especially with that phrase, right? Like we've we've taken uh, water, Jesus turned water into wine, and then the church is largely, um, you know, the church has largely turned it back into water ever yeah. since. It, you've been carrying something about this, just this uh, propensity we have of making the abundant life smaller than it is. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what are some of the things as we, as we talk to people here this week, as they're tuning in after, uh, after the weekend and wanting to maybe hear some more thoughts from us, um, what are some things that you'd want people to know? Like, what is this abundant life? What is this eternal life? And how can we expand that yeah. in our lives? Yeah. Thanks, Dan. And this is what was on my heart so heavy for this weekend was, was the reality that the Holy Spirit is not an add-on to the <laughs> yeah. Christian life. Um, and if, if we miss that, we miss a majority of the eternal life, of the abundant life that is provided for us in Christ, like right now, for life right now. Uh, John 17, 3, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, this is abundant life, or this is eternal life that you would know Christ Jesus and the one who sent him. And it's a relational, intimate knowledge that Jesus is inviting us into that eternal life actually starts the moment we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's not off into the future and off into eternity after we pass away. It continues then, but it starts right now. And like I highlighted this weekend, that doesn't mean that there's not troubles and hardships, but there's more. And I, I see the temptation of the church to just limit that eternal life to some moment in the future instead of embracing the reality that, hey, I can be baptized and fully immersed in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit for my daily life moment by moment. And that doesn't have to uh, be connected to the forgiveness of sins at the right. moment. I, I heard a preacher once say that he does not allow himself to feel guilty unless the Holy Spirit convicts him. And I've been mauling that statement over in my brain for the last couple of weeks, even thinking about what Kevin spoke on last weekend concerning uh, spring cleaning and dealing mm -hmm. with shame and guilt and yeah. condemnation. And just recognizing that it's so easy for us to carry the yoke and the weight of feeling guilty when God is actually not putting his finger on something. He's actually not convicting us of sin. It's simply us condemning ourselves or our enemy trying to condemn us or make us feel guilty. Right. And man, that, that particular thought that I do not allow myself to feel guilty unless the Holy Spirit is convicting me of sin just really resonated inside me, connected to this idea of an abundant life. Yeah, an abundance in the Holy Spirit um, that, that transcends even just 
the sin issue. Yeah. Not that the sin issue isn't important, but but of course there, there there is so much more. And and then it's you know, and I think about just even like circumstances. You know, most of us in the West we we have the the luxury of of being more affluent than a lot of people in the world. Yeah. But uh, man, the number of Christians that I I will sometimes see that are just you know, to use a biblical imagery that are just tossed to and fro by, you know, the struggles that we have and the, the setbacks. And I don't mean to belittle or, or downplay anything of what people are dealing with. People yeah. are dealing with real issues. Yes. But if you can grab a hold of the abundance that we have in the Holy Spirit, the joy that we have in the Spirit, um, man, we can find abundance and we can have uh, lives that are just conspicuous to yeah. people. Uh, why Why do they have so much joy? Why, do they, why are they able to take on... Uh, the struggles of life and the, all of the things that come at each and every one of us with a different perspective. It's because we're living in abundance. We're yeah. living in joy. Um, we're, we're not allowing these things in our world to to affect the joy that we carry, the abundant life that we're walking into. And so it's not just always like everything's great, uh, everything's coming my way, you know, um, I have all kinds of wealth and happiness and all of those things. No, like despite all of my circumstances, I think of Paul in, in Philippians chapter 4, right? He's like, I know what it means to have a lot. I know what it means to have lack. Yeah. But I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me. You know, that, that, that verse isn't about like, you know, you know, a cat hanging on to a ledge and a poster that motivates us, right? It's about like, no, I can actually do anything in this life, take on anything because I'm living from a place of abundance in God. It's it's like a fragrance that should come out of the life of the Christian. Yeah. Um, It's it's like when when you put a Christian in a situation where they're squeezed, what should come out is actually like the fragrance of Christ. Um, And that's a work in progress, because sometimes when you squeeze me, my selfishness and my flesh comes out in that way. But as I live and abide and stay connected to Jesus, who is the vine, right? As I do that on a daily basis, I continue to grow more and more like him, which is in my thought process, just a, a reflection of that increasingly abundant life mm-hmm. as I abide with Christ. Yeah, I love, I love the idea of growing in abundance equates to growing in our relationship and intimacy with Him. That's real good. Um, you know, that's, um, that's something, you know, if we had more time, we, I could probably preach to like part two mm-hmm. on this sermon uh, about knowing Christ deeper actually leads to more abundance in life. And if I can, let me just um, take us a little bit of a different direction here in the last minutes we have remaining and say like, well, how? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. And I want to share uh, a story that I was not able to share this weekend. Um, uh, growing up at Effort Community Church, there was a season in the mid-90s where we would say there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the, the best way I can define it is God simply did what he always does. He seemed to just do it more and uh, faster. Uh, So (laughs) things that maybe people would wrestle with in life or there would be counseling and it would be months or even years of a process of of walking in freedom, God would simply do in a moment or in the course of like a month. And this was happening all over the place. People were visiting from other churches to kind of get a taste of this. Um, So I grew up, I was like 13, 14, 15, 16, like these were my experiences in the church in a ver- in a very formative season of my life, and uh, but as you can have, as imagine, as that season, that outpouring seemed to come to a close, um, my life was not like 
fully, you know, sanctified. I was not perfect <laughs> right. at yeah. the end of that. Um, but it had it did something to my spirit um, around this idea of relating with God, being separate from repenting and receiving the forgiveness of sins. Like it almost separated those. Like mm. I knew my heavenly Father on a relational basis, in addition to knowing the work of Jesus in a re- on a redemption basis. Okay, and uh, and that helped me. Um, um, learn to pursue the Lord and abide in Christ despite the struggles and the wrestlings and the repentance that still needed to happen in my life. And I didn't feel like I had to go to, or only had to go to God when I was dealing with repentance issues. I felt mm-hmm. like I could just sort of abide in that place. And I'm, I'm just very jealous for the church to receive a similar impartation. And that was how I closed my, my time on Sunday was just there is more of the Holy Spirit. And if you will ask, Jesus promises us in Scripture. He says, your Heavenly Father is good. If you ask Him for more of the Holy Spirit, He will give you more of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What would our church look like? What would our region look like if the church of Jesus Christ would simply, consistently, daily, if you're, my, if you're in my shoes, sometimes multiple times a day, <laughs> just ask the Father I need more of your Holy Spirit yeah. in this moment, in this situation in my life. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, and I, hope, I hope that all of us can, uh, even as we look at these signs going ahead, we would hold on to this as we're starting out with this first sign, this abundant life. And what does it look like? And it's offered to us. Luke 11 is what you're referencing, right? Yeah. right? How much more will the Father give us yeah. the Holy Spirit if we ask? Uh, so good, so good. Well, hey, we've got a great weekend coming up we do. this weekend as well. Uh, Joel Bomberger is going to be here, and he is going to talk to us about the Send and Cast vision for that. So yeah. uh, maybe people watching us or listening haven't heard about that yet. What's the Send all about? So the Send is a large national gathering um, led by many people that I probably don't remember. <laughs> um, but I think uh, Francis Chan uh, will be there, um, others. It's essentially an invitation for the church to step into uh, communicating the message of the gospel through yeah. their lives. And uh, it's been hosted, I think, in Kansas City for a number of mm-hmm. years. Uh, this year, I believe there's a handful of sends that are happening around the nation. And uh, one of them is in our backyard. Yeah, uh, so it's going to cool. be at Santander Arena. Uh, in in Reading, so, and it's going to be at the beginning of August, I believe August fifth. That's right. Uh, it's being led up to uh, the the send event is being led up to a week um, of activities in the region, led by multiple different churches, uh, outreach activities, serving activities and opportunities, missional uh, uh, activities, um, events leading up to that that culminating event uh, there. August 5th. Um, so Joel's going to, like you said, be casting some vision, giving us, probably giving us information about some of those opportunities that are coming and uh, really just getting, uh, being reminded of God's heart for those who are far away from him. Right yeah, now. so good. Yep. I think Lou Engel had something to do with the beginning of the sin. Andy Bird, who uh, is, uh, I think he runs YWAM Kona. I think he's part of that as well. A lot of great people, yeah. and I know that their heart behind the scent is to, you know, catalyze an entire generation yeah. to go. And so, uh, you know, as people are thinking about it, I just want to say to to you at, at Effort of Community Church, you know, this isn't just something for young people. That's right. Um, it, it, they really want to equip and release the church, uh, whether it's in the 
in the areas of orphan care and, and homelessness, uh, whether it's in the areas of the next generation. And we all are a part of this, and it's really trying to catalyze the church yeah. uh, to reach the world with the gospel. And so I'm excited to hear from Joel. It's always exciting to hear from Joel. Yeah, it'll be so good. <laughs> so, so good. And have a great weekend of worship as well. So uh, we look forward to seeing each of you this weekend. Thank you, Chris, yeah. for being here uh, and for us uh, to have this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Blessings to your week, and we will see you soon. See you. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us at effortacommunitychurch.com.